In this episode, we discuss what's happening in our kitchens, Jamie's adventures with apple cider vinegar body wash, sourdough, pie crust, farm, chickens, Kelsey, our number one fan, Jill Winger's Prairie Planner, lard and the Crisco campaign against it, and home remedies to use for flu season. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Homestead Podcast. You are joining co-hosts Carol and Jamie of twogalshomesteading.com. If you found yourself here, that means you are ready to take responsibility for what you eat, your family's health, and your family's well-being while living a simpler life. You can do this and have fun, saving money along the way. Let them help you unleash the homesteader within. By doing more with less, you will gain what is needed to create confidence, impact, and change in your life and the lives around you. Let's start homesteading. Let's start now. We'd like to thank PicoSupply.com for co-sponsoring our podcast. So, Jamie, Carol, oh. <laughs> we haven't we haven't been together for a couple weeks here. We had a holiday in there. Yep, yep. And so, um, this is our first time back, and and it is definitely winter in Minnesota. Yeah, oh, that wind. We've had wind for two days now, and it is yeah. bitter. And I think you're windier out here yes. than we are in town. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're a little more protected. Yep, and it's. I swear it can be calm everywhere else and it's still windy here. Um, yeah, yep. I got out of the car and thought, whoa, it's going to blow me away. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, that wind is extremely cold. I don't know what the wind chill is, but I yeah. know it was like 15 degrees above zero. It's, it's at least above, above, above zero. zero. Yeah. <laughs> um, this morning during milking. So what should we start with today? Should we start with our kitchen? What's going on yeah. in our kitchen? Let's, go, let's start with what's going on in your kitchen. kitchen. Um, I really amped up the sourdough production because awesome. I have a daughter that is sensitive to gluten. Okay. And so sourdough seems to, she's able to eat it and not have the stomach issues like mm-hmm. with commercial bread. Mm-hmm. I wanted stuffing and I wanted her to be able to eat it. So I made six loaves of sourdough <laughs> that week. Yeah, it was a lot of sourdough. <laughs> and you do have a you have a larger family. Yes. I mean, that well, would be a lot of bread for my family. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it was. Um, and then, then I only ended up using three loaves okay. for the, the stuffing. Okay. And so what I did is I and I um, went back to a recipe that I used when I first started making it where you've got honey and olive oil in it or okay. an oil in it. Uh-huh. And so it's um, it's a lighter, fluffier bread than mm-hmm. traditional sourdough so it's chewy and yeah it's not as chewy uh-huh. yet. but then i made so i made this and then i took three loaves and i dehydrated it in my dehydrator so that it would be dry to start out with and then i used my traditional recipe that i use out of my uh, better homes and garden cookbooks okay and that I, I bought when i was 16 all <laughs> <laughs> oh, those cookbooks are invaluable yeah that I, was seriously. the first cookbook i ever bought when i turned i i Knew I needed to have that, and, uh-huh. and I've used it for years. And so I made stuffing, traditional way, and then um, we went to my daughter's house, and we had turkey. We had a traditional okay. Thanksgiving. And she was going to deep fat fry it. Did yes. she do that? Yes, okay. they deep fat fried it. They mm-hmm. um, injected butter under the skin, oh, yum. and then they deep fat fried it, and it turned out really good. And so then I brought all the sides except pies. Okay. Our uh, single sons i tasked them with buying pies okay, okay. so that would be one last thing and did they do okay um, no. 
I must admit, the pie, um, the pie, I, I ate one piece of pie, and whichever one it was, I don't know which one it was, was like the crust was not, not that great. Isn't it interesting how a person kind of gets used to that homemade? Yeah. You know, once you make that adjustment and you buy something that is commercially made or whatever, it's like, no, it's it was kind not, of disappointing. It is very and disappointing. And you know, pie is not cheap to buy in the store. No, I bet it was not cheap. Yeah, it's not cheap. And then it doesn't taste like anything. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, if, if I had ate just the filling with mm-hmm. your, because I made whipped cream with your cream okay. off the milk. Uh-huh. And so that would have been fine. But it was the crust that tasted almost cardboardy. Okay. And stuff. And you know, and for years, I used to buy, you know, the Pillsbury ready to roll mm-hmm. pie mm-hmm. crust because... I didn't think I made a very good pie crust. Mm. And I go, even my crust is better than this. <laughs> and so it's like, but it was, it was a time issue for me running because I did all the sides. I did the potatoes, yep, the carrots. Yep. And that's, that all takes time. Yeah. Yep. You know, and you're making bread from scratch. That making bread a, from yep, scratch. Yep. And, and it's like, and it's like one of my son that um, got a divorce. I'm like going, do you have a crock pot by chance? I need <laughs> well, one more crock pot. You, you should have asked me. You know, I'm the. I assumed you would be using them. <laughs> I didn't. I only used a couple of them actually. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I'm like, going, eh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he did. He had a crock pot. Awesome. So, so I was able to. <laughs> and I cheated with the corn. The corn was frozen, and I took that out and put it in the microwave yeah, yeah. and put butter on. Yeah. It. Nothing wrong with that. And so that was, but pretty much, that has been. You, not a whole lot else going on. Yeah. Um, now, we do. I have potatoes to can. Oh, yes. I'm going to try. That. Oh, that. No, I did. Okay. So I, I canned four quarts of potatoes cut into French fries. Mm-hmm. And I opened one today for lunch mm-hmm. and made French fries with it. Mm-hmm. I tried frying them on the stove. And it seemed like it was taking forever. And so I took them and put them in the air fryer and they crisped up. They were they were pretty good. They were okay. Are they the best? No, no, they're but not. They, but they're doable. And so, so but, is there anything you would improve on it? Or well, what see, do when you, I what can, do you think? when I can them, you know, because um, I'm using an electric pressure canner, and I'm wondering mm-hmm. if the one pressure can electric pr- pressure canner is cooking them too hot because they look almost like they're overcooked. And these were when I took them out, they were kind of mushy, not mushy, mushy, but you could, I could have smashed them with a pork, I bet. And so I'm like going, but do you want to undercook them or not? I've never pressure canned potatoes before. I have done potatoes like if I have done like a canned soup. Yes. But not for something where I'm going to like pull it out. Yeah. And use and fry them as fried potatoes. But I know people do it all the time. So now you dry canned them. I did dry can them. Um, And so I know that is a rebel recipe that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not endorsed by the uh, government agencies. But, you know, I don't always do what the government agencies tell me. (laughs) Tells me good (laughs) for me. Rebel, rebel. Yes, I try small ways. But anyway, so that that so it wasn't a total fail. It just wasn't didn't quite turn out yeah. like you thought it should. Next time, I probably won't try frying them in because I had fried butter, not butter. I had fried bacon, and I was trying to fry it in the bacon grease, and it was just it just didn't work. Yeah, and I don't know if it was today because I was coming out here after I after I clean up <laughs> and I have my granddaughter and I got to get her down for a nap, and uh-huh. so it's like maybe the patience wasn't there. Yeah, maybe. But I have potatoes because, as you know, mm-hmm. um, one of our gas mm-hmm. stations and the truck stops in the area had an awesome deal for the last six weeks mm-hmm. of potatoes on sale for 99 cents a pound. And so every time I stop, <laughs> I pick pick up a couple bags. And then they had onions, too, on sale. You know, I have potatoes. Yep, stockpiled. I, I have a stockpile. <laughs> and actually, I move them because I where I store them, I store them out on a, an unheated back porch where mm-hmm. there's no insulation on the – it's an old porch that they enclosed 
before we bought it. So there's no insulation on the bottom. And when it gets cold, that floor gets really cold. And so I actually moved them into an unheated room, afraid that they might freeze there yep. on that floor. Yep. And so, so I'm like going, oh, I really got to do something with these potatoes now. Yeah. Okay. So what bre- what variety of potatoes did you use? Then? They're You're, russet. They're russet potatoes. See, I never thought about that. Now, the, the variety might make a difference yes. too. Now, russets, russets, russets are... Uh, drier potato right yeah um because i use mostly yellow potatoes in my house or yeah. you know your um yukons yukons that type of thing because i like a moister potato but i wonder if that has anything to do with if that could be how yeah. it turned out i honestly don't know because like i said never can potatoes I, so so i, I wonder it's like safety wise if i decrease the cooking time by five is that going to jeopardize the quality of it the botulism mm-hmm. factor i don't know those are Questions I cannot answer. Can someone let them sit for a few weeks, need them, and see if yeah. I get sick? Yeah. There we go. And I don't know if that's real effective, but I know if it doesn't smell good, I am not oh, yeah. to eat it. Oh, yeah. That would be me, too. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I wouldn't eat it. But, you know, other than that and general cooking, and I have not tried another cracker, sourdough cracker recipe, but mm-hmm. you gave me a new recipe today to yes. try. Yes. Yes. I was um, chatting with um, Kelsey, who we, we talk about Kelsey quite often. Um, we've gotten to be pretty good friends since she purchased her cow from me. And um, she was like, well, I'm on the treadmill this morning and I'm listening to your podcast. And here, have Jamie try this recipe. Because I was like, saying, I'm like, I think we talked about crackers. And she's like, yeah, you did. So that's to have her try this one. It's absolutely marvelous. It's a really, really good recipe. So I forward that to, uh, off yeah. to you. But it's kind of fun having a fan in that. I get to interact with her. Yeah. You know, actually, because at one point you had said, oh, we need to interview Chelsea. We need to Kelsey. figure Kelsey. Kelsey. Yeah. Okay. We need to figure out how to do that yeah producer yeah yeah <laughs> I, I she is actually talking about possibly bringing her cow down here to be bred oh by, okay by, by your by bull? the bull we have here okay. currently and so she's she's not quite positive on that or not but maybe we can plan how, something how far there. out does she live from you she is a oh two and a half hours i think oh yeah, so she's, she's quite a ways yeah she's, quite a ways out yeah she's quite a ways out well if she does come down and we can uh, rearrange all our schedules mm-hmm we will have to yep. do that with her. Yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah, you know, she's got little kids too, so I'm not exactly sure. Oh. And she homeschools. Oh. So I'm not, <laughs> but I know her mom is around somewhere. Oh, okay. So maybe we can do that. But I'm not, like I said, I'm not sure if she's going to bring her down, her cow down here or not, because yeah. I can keep her cow in milk, because I can just milk, milk Miss Poppy oh. along with my rest of my cow. So it's not a big deal. You know, it's not like just send her off to a bull and the cow won't get milked and all oh, that, yep. that stuff that happens. And, so we'll see. She hasn't said anything. We've got like about a week and a half, I think, yet before Poppy goes back into heat. So oh, okay, um, we'll see if she... Because didn't she buy a calf from you too? Yes, yeah, she bought a calf for the freezer. She bought a bull calf to be friends with Poppy's baby, which happens to be a heifer. Oh, okay. And they pulled the heifer off and they wanted her to have a friend. And they're like, well, we're going to need beef for our freezer anyway. So they, oh. I said, well, this is one way you can do that. You can have a friend for Ruthie. And you can raise Norman <laughs> for your freezer. <laughs> so that is kind of their plan. And she's also spoke to me a little bit about possibly purchasing beef from us too, because they'll run out of beef before Norman is ready, ready to go for the okay. freezer. So, because um, yeah, that's a that's a two year yeah, process. Yeah, it was an eighteen to two year process or whatever. And so she was really hoping that Poppy would have had a bull calf. That was what she was hoping, hoping for. for yeah, it, she yeah. was so shocked that she had a heifer. She was like, "I wasn't expecting this. Now I don't know what to do." <laughs> Yeah, back to crackers. <laughs> back to crackers. So I'll have to try Kelsey's recipe. 
and see how that yeah, turns we'll out. Yeah, we'll see if we can get that done. I, I swear she's got a cookbook at her side all the time. I ask her something and put, she's got a picture for me for a recipe for whatever. I'm like, seriously, do you, you did you sit next to your cookbooks or what? Um, I used to have quite, well, I still have quite a few cookbooks. Mm. Yeah, you do too. <laughs> but um, I, over the years, I've decluttered some, some ones that I... <sighs> You know, I worked for, when I was in high school, I worked for a company that printed for like churches and stuff mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. And every time we printed oh, one, those are the best cookbooks. I got one. If you're not using them, mm-hmm. I passed them on. I mm-hmm. donated them so that mm-hmm. somebody else could, because I do. I probably over here on my yeah, They're probably on your <laughs> shelf because I did donate them up here when we lived up here. <laughs> so yeah, but I, I do like to go to thrift stores and look through old mm-hmm. recipes yep. and stuff like that. Yep. But yeah, space is limited, even though I have a an adequate size mm-hmm. kitchen. I'm still limited in where I can keep my cookbook. And, but, you know, you do end up with your favorite cookbooks yeah. that you go back to all the oh. time. Well, and know. I'll get cookbooks from the library and read yeah, them like a novel. I know you do. But see, I, I sit down and I just page through. I mark a bunch of recipes and I put the book back on the shelf. And then sometime later I pull back. I'm, oh, I should have tried that recipe. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's me. But I liked, I love paging through recipes. Yep. And I, I really well, enjoy Well, I'll that. use it, especially now in the, you know, in the world of internet and Facebook and people recommending mm-hmm. books and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you go in and they're like a $30 cookbook. Mm-hmm. And I'm like going, I don't want to spend $30 yeah. if yeah. I know I'm not going to use it. Yep. I'll see if the library has it mm-hmm. and get it and mm-hmm. then peruse it. And if um, I saw a TikTok the other day and she says, if I, that's what she does. She will get a book from the library. And if she finds five recipes in there that she likes, she'll buy the book then. Oh. She'll put it, she'll put it on her wish list, uh-huh. Amazon wish list. Uh-huh. Heard that and I thought, well, that's a good yep. idea. It's one thing if you get a, you know, get a book from the library and there's a recipe, then I would write that out and then be happy with it. Right. Not feel bad about not purchasing it. Right. Because I, I've had some recommended and they're on my amazon wish list but i'm like going still like mm, it's still a 30 dollar book yeah yeah they're they're kind of expensive i i don't know I, lo- I love my thrift stores i love finding a cookbook that has got people have written in it i mean i i don't oh write yeah, it, I write write it, yeah, yeah i write all over my recipe yeah. books yeah yeah i have i have my my mom gave me um the betty crocker cookbook when we got married, when Rich and I got married, okay. and I still have that one. That's where my stuffing recipe comes out of for, so like, for, it, for Thanksgiving and my scalp potato recipe. Those are the two things that I use out of that book. Is it the Betty Cracker ones, the one that's got the checkerboard, the gingham cover that looks like it's a ging- gingham? No, no, I think that's Better Homes and Garden. Is that Better Homes and Garden? Betty Crocker always has the, it's usually red. And yeah. it has a picture of Betty Crocker in the corner. Oh, There's no. A woman okay, in the so corner. then this is Better Homes and Garden. Okay, yep. Okay, because then my mom has a Better Homes and Garden bread book that she gets her biscuits and pancake recipe oh, okay. and everything else. Because yep. I'm like, oh, I'm always confusing. But that, that the Better Homes and Garden is like, I spent $16 for it. <laughs> and I was 16. Ooh, yeah. I bought that for my 16th yeah, birthday. Yeah. And so. Uh, yeah, I have, I have cookbooks over there too. Like we, our church youth group put a cookbook yeah. together when we were, when I was in high school at some point and that's still yeah. over there. I still use several recipes out yeah. of there. So now um, I rely heavily on the internet. Yes, so do I. And so I print them out and then I write on them. One of my Three hus- ring binders over here with, yep, with recipes I, in them. Yep. Up. My husband, one of my husband, he goes, she will use a recipe and she'll make it exactly to the recipe. Yep. And then it's never the same. Exactly. <laughs> because part of it is, is like, oh, I don't have that herb. Let's throw this herb in. Or it's like, um, no, I don't want to use that. Let's just, let's substitute. I'll substitute mm-hmm. if I don't have it. Mm-hmm. You know, like if it's gone. Or I don't like that ingredient. Yes. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, now that, you know, my husband, my husband is um 
you know, he deals with inflammation and pain issues and mm-hmm. stuff. And so he's limiting his carbs now. And I'm like going, I hardly make any pasta, anything anymore. I might throw a lasagna in there every now and then. You ever tried though, like the whole wheat pasta or nope, he won't any, eat it. Nope. anything, you know, where they have the, the flavored ones or whatever. The, the lentil ones and stuff yeah. like that. Nope, nope, nope never, you don't okay, like, you I've, don't like I've never tried any of those. But so. then um, um, he was never a big, um, he was a white rice mm-hmm. guy. Um, he still likes his white rice, but he he's eating wild rice. Yes, you were telling me that. And then quinoa. He tried quinoa this week. Okay. He goes, what does quinoa taste like? And I go, quinoa's like white rice. There's not much flavor by itself, but you put it with something and put some sauce on it. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, okay. And so he put that with stir fry. Another thing, wild rice takes a little bit, even in an Instant Pot, it takes a little yep. bit of time. It takes a half hour, yep. 95 minutes. So I made up a batch and it's in jars, vacuum packed in my mm-hmm. refrigerator. Because <laughs> then I'm like... Because I come home half hour before lunch, before noon, and it's like, oh, I don't, don't have, have time, time. to <laughs> yeah. cook. Because it's so. probably 40 minutes by the time it comes to pressure mm-hmm. and then releases pressure and uh-huh. stuff. So it's like. It, it, I mean, it takes a while, yeah, to bring it up and then for it to go back down and <laughs> yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, you're thinking, oh, 20 minutes, but it's really much longer yeah, than that. Yeah, it's like 44 yeah, minutes. Yeah, it's like minutes, minutes, much, yeah. much longer than that. So, anyway. So, that's okay. a, other than daily cooking meals and trying to do that stuff, but thinking towards Christmas and planning menus with my daughter because my daughter's hosting again because they have a bigger they have a bigger house you they say. have a bigger house yeah. uh so how's your um apple cider vinegar I'm hair wash and body wash and all i'm that stuff still going? doing i'm still using it for body wash okay um but hair i was thinking the back of my hair where you, you know the nape of your hair where it's usually you sweat the most and it's mm-hmm. The dirtiest I, I felt like it was not getting clean enough and that might be just arm mobility because of I fell this oh that's right I tipped I didn't mm-hmm. fall I tipped a chair over backwards and landed on a shoulder and that's my right shoulder and mm-hmm. I'm right-handed mm-hmm. and so that's the one that you kind of get up and get back and sometimes some days it's really sore so I did go back to shampooing my hair with Dr. Brenner's Castile soap okay but I'm still using an apple cider rinse for a conditioner and then when I get out um because I have natural curly hair and natural curly hair is naturally frizzy. Uh-huh. And so I do put it like a mousse on to kind of calm down the frizz. So I'm like okay. not standing on end. <laughs> not looking like I've been electrocuted <laughs> or static or statically. I saw a dog picture video of the dog where yeah. the dog was like rolling on the couch. Yep. And it was long hair and it was like, poof. Yep. <laughs> it was really funny. Um, but yeah, so that's what I'm doing. That. But body wash, that's still what I'm doing. And uh, an interesting thing I've learned, you know, like... My husband says I have, in the wintertime, I have heels that dry out so bad mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. if, I, if, if I rub up against him with my the, my heels, mm-hmm. I'm lacerating them, <laughs> making him bleed because they're so dry and so uh-huh. rough. And I, I mean, and I work, I like pumice stone, I have a metal, a mm-hmm. stainless steel file in the shower, I soak and, and do a, use a pumice, is it a pumice stone? Yes. On them, you know, yep. just to try it. And then I, I'm constantly... Putting on, um, I used to use a Vaseline-based product and then put that on and put my socks on so that, you know, the sweat would soften on them. But I have not hardly put anything beside a little hand lotion on my heels. And so I'm like going, the only thing I'm doing different is I'm spraying my feet with apple cider vinegar. That's interesting. So I don't know if that's why my calluses, my feet aren't as dry as they have been in the past. And I don't think, you haven't ever told me that I stink real bad. Nope. Nope. I have not told you that. And that I don't garden. know if I actually would. I don't know. You can tell me. <laughs> I'll, like, I'll tell Rich that he stinks, but. <laughs> or I'll tell myself, it's like, oh, you need a shower. So it's really working for your yeah, body. I think not it's working necessarily for, for your hair. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm still using apple cider vinegar. I'm using a vinegar, Dr. Brenner's 
vinegar rinse mm-hmm. i don't know the name of it but it's it's his brand name and it's i ordered it offline and okay let's talk a- well how about the barn how about the barn yeah we've had a little bit stuff yeah. going on here um we've had two calves born little cuties yeah they're they're the highlander crosses and you cross a highlander with a jersey and you end up with this adorable little calf and we happen to both of them happen to be heifers dolly calved it i don't know what was it like 1 30 in the morning something like that we had been out here yes and we no, got no no that was that was ambrosia oh nope. okay dolly calved dolly cap first yeah i had seen her at at milking time and rich was like boy i don't know she might she might go here in the next you know 24 hours or whatever and so i went back out and checked her at 9 30 and i was like mm. No, she's just kind of laying there just doing her own thing, whatever. And then by, I just happened to wake up at 1.30 in the morning and I thought, ah, maybe I should go check on her just to make sure. And it was a, let's see, it was really cold that night, I think. I don't remember. I was thinking it was below freezing. I don't remember what the temperature was, like 8, 15 degrees, something like that. I don't remember what it was. And I got out there and yeah, she was in hard labor. So I come back all the way up back to the house because she's in the winter paddock. And that's, that's a little bit of a trip up here. And I got Rich up and um, I said, well, we either need to move her or let her calve out there and you can carry the calf back up to the barn. Well, <laughs> it's easier to move the cow, although she was not happy with us. You know, she had chosen her spot huh. to have her baby. And, and then you moved we her. were like, no, you can't have your baby here. You need to come into the barn where we can make sure everything's warm, you know, not in the wind. And yeah. it's warmer and we have light. We can see what we're doing, not have to work by flashlights because we've done that before. No, I'm sure. Um, so it took us a little while to get her up and she's laboring. So she stops every time she pushes and we got feet coming out, going back in, feet going out, oh. come back in, you know, type thing. But um, by the time we got her to the barn, then, of course, then everything's new. So she's like, OK, well, it was just wait here for a couple of minutes with everything. And um, she finally got down to business and we had a beautiful little heifer born in there and it worked out really, really nice but having her in the barn. And then we left her there for about 36 hours. And then we decided we needed to milk her. And so then we separated her from her calf because I knew her calf was going up for sale. So the calf has to become a bottle baby. Um, and it's too cold for our cows to keep calves now. Oh, yeah. Them. So that was basically Dolly. So we got little Annie. And the night you guys were here, we had a cow possibly going into labor. And yeah, she did deliver at, well, she delivered shortly after you guys Yeah, we left. left. We left late. Yeah, I don't know, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, whatever. And she... She had had her calf and Rich knew that I did not. I had gone to bed before you guys had yep. left because I was so tired. I went out at like, I don't know, it must have been like three o'clock in the morning. I'd woke up and I thought, oh, maybe I should go check on her. So I went out and checked on her and she was just frantic. I could hear her mooing already at the house. I could hear her crying and I was like, oh, well, maybe she's in trouble having this calf, not knowing the calf had already been born. So I, so I went out there and I found her and she's just pacing the fence line. And of course... I've got at least two dogs with me and that when you have a cow who's protecting a baby or in labor, she does not like dogs. dogs. And I thought maybe they were setting her off. And I was like, no, I looked at her and I'm like, oh no, you don't have a baby inside anymore. A baby's out somewhere. So now, now I need to search a pasture or a winter paddock anyway and try to find a calf in it was a cold. lot of weeds. It was very cold. I did finally find the baby, but the baby was on the other side of the fence line. So it was actually in a different paddock it was oh. in the paddock next to it and she couldn't get, get to the to baby it. baby was just fine baby's taking a nap baby didn't care i was like okay so i'm luckily baby is extremely small i mean the highlander jersey calves are usually 35 pounds maybe oh. 40 pounds so they're pretty easy so i was able to pick her up so i picked the baby up and brought her back into the pasture and then i got her reunited with ambrosia and then 
then everything was fine. But yeah, she was just frantic. And as I'm out there, I'm hearing the coyotes yelping. And it's no wonder she's frantic because yeah. she knows she's got a newborn and she can hear, I'm sure she can hear them just as well as I can. Yeah. And I was like, that's the last thing we need is you running off the wrong direction and being, you know, two, three, six acres away from mama yeah. and, um, type thing. And so we left, we left her on mom for mm, probably about the same time, about 36 hours. That way I know baby's gotten all the classroom they want. So I brought pistachio up. She's been <laughs> off mom now for, uh, let's see what we do. Third feeding now, bottle feeding on her and she's leaving on Sunday. And I believe Annie's leaving on Saturday. So we will not have any bottle calves over winter. And this will be the first winter since we started since we started milking, when I started milking Daisy easy. back in 2012. Might be an easy, semi-easy yep. winter. Yeah, so it will be kind of nice. Not, we'll still have calves to feed, but we won't have anything that we need to bottle or worry about warm milk yeah. and that type of thing. So unless, for some reason, some heifer decides to surprise me, but we haven't had a bull up here. Until just now. Just just recently. So we shouldn't, we shouldn't have any winter calves, but... Um, we had some cow, some cows escape. Some of our heifers oh. go out wandering, and we do have neighbors with bulls, and so it's possible, but uh, I don't know how probable. But yeah, yeah. So um, unless somebody surprises me like that, we should not have any calves over Until the winter. Next, we will have we'll have it's nine late months. spring. Yep. It, it's nine like months. You, nine months. So. Nine months, just like it is with uh, humans. So you're shooting so, for next summer to have. Yes, I do believe my first cow due is due in May sometime. I okay. don't even have anybody coming in March or April, which is fine with me because it's always so muddy out it's here, muddy and, and I it's just it's kind of icky for having babies yeah so depending on how how much snow we get over the winter and how yeah. much rain we get in the spring i i don't mind calving a little bit later that works for me and of course we're breeding right now we're breeding for um late summer early fall calving right now anybody who's bred will be due about september that works for me too i don't mind having fall calves but most of the highland most of them will be highlander crosses and they'll probably mostly go up for sale because they make really good homestead cows and they make really good beef cows too yeah yeah so that's basically what's happened besides um um we talked about Chicken. chickens a while back family-owned peakcosupply.com brings small town customer service to their online farm store peakcosupply.com specializes in automatic waterers from top brands such as Miraco, jug franklin trojan and richie as well as other products for your operation Find your farm supplies and automatic waterers at PeteCoSupply.com. That's P-E-T-E-C-O-Supply.com. Petco Supply. And I do have my coop is winterized now. I've got my lights in. I've got, so my lights come on at 4.30 in the morning, shut off at 7. In the and morning. I, yep. I will adjust those as time changes, changes here. I've already changed it. I've actually started it a little bit. Earlier? Earlier. Yep. I went a little bit earlier because sun setting earlier. So I want to make sure I get that 12 hours because oh, yeah. lately I've been closing my coop at night. And so I do it before we do chores. And so we start chores between 4 p.m. and and um, 4.30. And so I go out there first and check on the chickens. They're already roosting. They're all roosting by by 4.30 and it's not even dark yet. No. But it's getting, it's, yep, it, it's, I mean, it don't, it's, it's, it's going, going yeah, we're getting dusk, you know, or whatever, but yep, they're all already. Because yeah, it starts roosting. by 530. Mm -hmm. Wow. You girls are all, all up here on the roost already. Wow. I didn't realize they quite that early, you know, and I was yeah. like, hold on, which is fine. Doesn't make any difference to me, but I'm still getting, 
I got six eggs. That's the least eggs I got one day. And today I got 12. Oh, so, they're still working. <laughs> they're still working. So, um, you know, and I have yet to have any frozen eggs. Oh, okay. I, it's not been quite cold enough Because you collect yet. them daily, don't I you? I collect them daily. Yep. And I have, I mean, my chickens are late layers. So I collect about 11 o'clock because nobody's an early bird out there for laying <laughs> eggs. <laughs> um, but yeah, I haven't gotten any frozen eggs yet. But, you know, it hasn't really been cold for cold. Uh, an extended period of time where it's below zero where the coop, the coop is actually fairly warm considering it's, I mean, it's insulated to a point, but it's really not, I don't have any heat source in there. Yeah. Besides, I have a, a, my chicken waterer is heated and I have a light that comes on, but it's just an LED light. Oh, yeah. You know, so and then gonna... it only comes on for what, three hours, three and a half hours? Yeah. You know, two and, and a half hours. As soon as it goes like off, it would yep. cool off. Yep. Like, exactly. Yeah. And it's not, yeah, it's not a heat lamp, but they're doing fine out there. They look good and they seem happy since they're laying plenty of eggs for me yet. We'll see come January. So that might they, change. So did they molt? No, mine did not. Now, Speaking of that, Rich was telling me that he was listening to a podcast. I don't remember. I think it was a podcast or maybe he was reading, but they were saying the first year chickens tend to lay all winter long. They might not lay as heavy, but they tend to lay all winter long. But then come year two, they molt and they need to take time off. And so the second year you have your chickens, the second winter you have your chickens, they probably won't lay like they did that very first first year. year. And so I, I was like, oh, that's really interesting, you know, because I was thinking, God, you know, that year that I thought, gosh, they laid all winter long for me. Yeah, that was their first year right. because Madison had, we had gotten chickens in the spring for her to show at the fair. And that would have been the first winter they went through and I had eggs all winter long. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that was genius. People that would, had done this, I think it I, I think it was in a video. It was from the Little Red Farm. They're very pro small farm and everything. It's a they're very interesting to follow. It should be somebody you should follow if you want to follow um somebody they do have a store, they do raw milk sales and oh. all kinds of stuff in there. They're very informative. They have a lot of information. Um, I believe they have a Facebook page. I'm pretty sure I belong to their Facebook page. She's very pro, you know, support your small farmers, you know, buy local, that type of thing. And she's, she's very interesting. Okay. Let's see, anything else? That's probably about all that's happened. Happen on the farm? Besides, we're just getting into winter mode here. And I have lots of milk now. Um, yeah. With my two cows that just calved in. So I'm milking 15 cows. Um, our butter churn broke this yes, week that was uh, heart stopping yes so we have all this extra milk right now so we're gearing up for butter because we really haven't haven't had a whole lot of butter because i've been selling so much milk so now and we then got you, you had the three ca- yep, calves on yep Bob. yep we pulled those calves and we had two cows calve in so now we're getting lots more milk and so we're like okay let's ramp up christmas is coming i need to make and the butter churn breaks on monday <laughs> we're just like uh, okay, we might be shaking butter in a jar oh, here. I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Rich is like, well, I don't know. I'm like, can you order a part? Blah, blah, blah. And we we have a, a, a milky butter churn from Milky Day. And um, so he goes on the website and he's like, oh, I can't find anything that just for ordering or that, that particular part. part. And the part was, it was plastic. So, and then all of a sudden he's like, I bet Bob can make this for us. And so... Off, off he off he goes to see your husband. Yes, <laughs> and yes, Bob did manage to um, machine a new part for us, and yep. and it's out of I don't know aluminum. No, aluminum. I aluminum. Think. Yep. So it should not break as Ho- easily. Hopefully, uh, well, it turned butter yesterday yeah. for us, and so we're back and we're back making butter again. Hopefully, we can get a couple batches so we what can is get Carol caught up. doing. Carol's making butter. <laughs> yep. Carol's making lots of butter, 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 butter. But that's okay because hey. we need butter right now. Yeah. Like you said, it's baking season. It's Chris. It's we're in the Christmas season right now, and we need butter. And so here we go. 
but that was that was really fortunate that we have somebody who yeah. was a friend and close by that could actually yeah um, I was fix glad that us. he could fix that for you yeah well you love our butter yeah so I love your butter now, now so, I'm indebted to her for butter so so, so it's like so service here it's like, it's like yes I want Carol's butter I've been reduced to buying butter. Or buying butter from the store, yeah. not from Carol. Yeah. But anyway, so that was that was the other thing that I guess that happened. A major thing yeah, that happened in the kitchen. In the, in the kitchen, and it kind of affects the whole realm of things here that happens. And then um, I guess our th- main topic today was going. We were going to talk a little bit about lard. Yes, because that happened in your kitchen. Yeah, that happened in my kitchen. I did. I did. I've I've done. This is my second batch of lard this season. So this time I did leaf lard. Yes. And um, this is from my pigs. I, we don't have a whole lot of fat that comes off of our, our cattle because they're 100% grass-fed. Yeah, so if you don't you, get a lot of beef towel. No, we don't because if you want to have any fat at all in your ground beef, they almost have to utilize yeah. that tallow to get and so that you don't and have... And the beef, the ground beef we've gotten from you is very, very lean. It's very, very lean. Very lean. Yep. Anyway, so um, I have like 40-some pounds of fat, pig fat, over at the... Butchers? at the butcher so i was like do i have some more over there he's oh yeah i got like 40 pounds over here watch you need some and i'm like yes i do need some i'm i'm gonna be utilizing it here i had done a um, post on facebook and instagram about you know me rendering lard in a crock pot because that's how i do it and so then i thought well maybe i should take a look at if there's benefits to lard or whatever and so i went down that rabbit hole <laughs> and so i found myself on mommy Popamus, and she does rendering in the crock pot as well and she had a little thing on there about why she uses lard why you should use it here's her reasons and she had like uh, I don't know, maybe six reasons on there her first reason when this is something i did not know she mentioned that lard pig lard is the second richest source of vitamin d According to Sally Fallon's Nourishing Tradition, um, there is, in one tablespoon of lard, there's up to 1,100 units of vitamin D in it. Okay. And I was like, oh, that is, that is really interesting. It's second to cod liver oil. Cod liver oil's got your, got the most. I thought was, I thought that was really interesting. The only thing is, is that it's got to be a pastured pig. Yes. So it cannot come from a confinement mm-hmm. farm where they farm, where all the pigs are raised inside, um, that type of thing. And ours are, ours are outdoors all the time. Yeah. They don't even have a shelter in the winter. No, they um, just got yep, their pile of they've, hay. Yep, they've got their pile of hay, straw, um, whatever, and they bury themselves in there. And they do just fine that way. But I thought that was really interesting. And my first thought was, oh, my goodness, I can take Chastity off of one of her medications if I use the lard from our pigs. Oh, and yeah. if you know me, I want her on the minimum amount of medications possible. Yes. And I mean, she really isn't on that many anyway, but I'm just like, that is just one more I can eliminate now. I haven't done that yet because I have this bottle of vitamin D, D. that I would prefer to use up before I start that. And I figure I've got 40 pounds of lard over there. Um, what a nice way. She needs to have fat in her diet anyway. So I always, she has avocado is what I use. I use a whole lot of avocado in her in her diet. And that's what I usually use for her fat. But now I can actually give her lard and eliminate a medi- medication. I'll probably still do the avocado because it's good it's got, for her. It's got other it's got yeah, other, it's nutritions. Got other nutritions. But that was what I used for a, a good fat for her. And I thought, oh, what a nice way to be able to utilize yep. something that we well, make. actually, so so when you said talk, start talking about lard, mm-hmm. and then you know, let's put it up, you know, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. I, I I went down. I didn't. 
You went so down I, a different rabbit hole. I went down a different rabbit hole <laughs> this morning for a little bit. But I found some more benefits too using lard. The biggest one is it's high heat. You, yes. You can yep. cook with it. So, you know, I have in the past made, we make donuts on Christmas morning. We mm-hmm. have for 26 years. Right. So I've always used lard for that. And then actually, it's heart healthy. We were talking about why why has fat in the United States been villainized mm-hmm. and made, you know, stated to be bad for us? It comes back to it was a campaign by Procter and Gamble. Mm-hmm. They had um, back in the 1800s, they had cottonseed oil. They had cottonseed. And what do you do with they didn't know what to do with cottonseed? You know, it's a company. And it's like, OK, we got this product. How are we going to make money? Mm-hmm. And through you know, a process, you know, using chemicals and stuff and high heat, they made cottonseed oil, which is one of the worst (laughs) oils for you. Mm -hmm. But they took that and they made it into a lard substitute, which we know as Crisco. And so it was a campaign thing to replace lard and butter usage with Crisco so that people would buy Crisco and stuff and that it was villainized that, you know, the high cholesterol and the animal fats were bad for you and Mm -hmm. everything. And so that's what I have been taught my whole life. That's what I believed. And, you know, we lived through the 80s and 90s where low fat and everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it it's still to this day, I kind of still have to say and think, no, fat is good. Fat is yep. not the, the enemy that we have been made right. out to be. Right. Yeah. It's it's very interesting how they can change your thinking with the ad campaigns yep. like that. I had read that quite a few years ago about how Crisco came about. Wow, that is just really interesting to see how a company with enough money yes. can change can. something that's our ancestors ate for years and years. Yeah, you're and sitting years thinking about our, our parents, great grandparents and parents mm-hmm. grandparents didn't die of high cholesterol, didn't have mm-hmm. anything stated about high well, cholesterol. Have you ever done any research on heart disease and how they say how heart disease shows up about the time that the Crisco starts and it's interesting the low. Oh, I hadn't gotten down that alternate. Yeah, oh yeah, there's a, I I'm not gonna quote a whole lot of things, but I know yeah, that I they say a, that heart disease didn't really exist until we started manufacturing things that aren't the the ultra processed yeah the food. ultra yeah and that type of thing that heart disease really didn't exist before that well other um, other health issues in that article um i found this article on darlenegourmet.com is about i was looking for rendering she had history of of lard and stuff like that and that was in her article there it was a really good interesting article about that and it was through her website she had linked to another website <laughs> where it talked about the 10 reasons why you should mm-hmm. use lard mm-hmm. and that was one of the and one of them was a heart health that's good because i love my butter <laughs> and i love you know cooking mm-hmm. with it mm-hmm. and, you know but i remember um you know if you were going to cook with lard that you had to i don't know how i haven't really investigated but like my mom's sugar cookies mm-hmm. it states that in the recipe, it calls for shortening, which would be Crisco. Right. And, so I, and I quit making those because I quit using shortening. I thought, yep. But I wonder if you can just replace that with butter. So if it called for three-fourths of a cup of shortening, would you use three-fourths of a cup of butter? The only thing I know about that is that because of the different heat points, like butter cookies have a tendency to be like flatter. Okay, they spread out. Fluff. Yeah, they spread out. Um, if I remember right from my reading, I've I've read about this stuff before. Yeah, I don't remember. You know, if you, you change stuff like that, then you end up, your texture of your cookie changes. 
Because, you know, for me, I don't use oil in my cooking a whole lot, in my baking and stuff. I replace it with applesauce. And I have really never noticed any real difference, but I've never tried using applesauce as a replacement in a cookie. Why are you cooking, replacing your oil with applesauce? Is it because the oil was supposed to be bad for you? Yes. And I don't like that oily flavor, honestly. Oh, okay. You know, like my pumpkin bars call for... Oil? Cup of oil. Oh. And I was like, I don't want to eat that, you know? So I, this, oh my gosh, this is years ago. Madison was probably little, little when I researched that and uh, figured out, and she's 24 now. And so I've been using applesauce as a substitute probably for 20 some years. Well, yeah, um, I've, I've heard that. And mm-hmm. it was partly because of mm-hmm. the heart health issue mm-hmm. is that you, sh- you should replace your oil with applesauce yep. because yep. for a health healthy version right and the other reason was probably because we had two apple trees in the backyard and i had a biz- <laughs> i had so much applesauce <laughs> so it's an easy way to try to use, use up it some up, of it, yeah. you know some of it i really can't say for sure why i decided that besides i don't like oil yeah um i'm not i'm not really a fan of vegetable oil i'm not well I yeah never i haven't have been i haven't used vegetable oil in years mm-hmm. but i use avocado oil and olive oil now i'm selective about my olive oil because i don't like like olive oil to make mayonnaise no don't like it but avocado oil i don't know if it has a more neutral flavor if i don't mind putting that but okay. i don't make my own mayonnaise very often i don't use a whole lot of mayonnaise well we don't eat mayonnaise in our house <laughs> well, i like mayonnaise i just don't eat a lot of it let's see let's go back to lard to lard again um okay so yeah i had seen that about the uh, being it being heart healthy um and it talked about um um it talked about and uh, I don't even know how to say this word, that lard is 45% O-L-E-I-C acid. I don't know how to pronounce that word. Yeah, I don't either. Um, and it's that happen- it happens to be a monounsaturated fat that's found in olive oil. Yep, and so that's the good fat. That's the good fat. And so the mono... Or good un- cholesterol. Yeah, the monounsaturated fats are responsible for lowering LDL levels while leaving HDL, which is your good cholesterol levels, alone. Um, and, you know, people are like, oh, you got to stay away from all the fats and everything. You yep. have heart problems or whatever. And it's so wrong. You know, it's just so wrong. If Especially you, if it's like yours, if it's pasture raised. Yeah. The other thing um, is that pig fat or lard is actually sustainable and it's affordable and it's yep. easy to find. Pigs, pigs can live anywhere. Yep. You know, the, any but, conditions. Yeah, in any conditions, they they can live in wherever. They're very, very adaptable, and it's pretty easy to find them. The only problem is is finding the healthy ones, the ones that yes. are pasture raised, because most pork today in the grocery store and probably most lard you find in the yep. grocery store is not the lard that you would find off the pigs. No, and actually, I have looked at buying lard in the store, and it's most of it is hydrogenated. Yep. So, so, so it's it, not healthy yeah, for you not, whatsoever. Yeah. A person really needs to rethink their health and how food affects you. Yes, you know, I don't know, pig fat, you know, whatever. But you know, our ancestors were really smart. Yeah, yeah. You know, you sit and think about you know, a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, they. That's what Probably they use. more than a hundred years ago. Yeah. If they were making Crisco or something like Crisco yeah. in the 1800s, 1800s. Yeah. That's over a hundred yeah. years ago. You know, we're in 2022. Yeah. And well, but I'm sure they're, you know, like they did probably not became mainstream, mainstream in every, you know, mm-hmm. general store out mm-hmm. here on the, you know, the prairies. Right. Until later. 
until but, they can move products right. quickly. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. And let's see. You also mentioned um, that it's a versatile fat and it has a really high smoke point. The smoke yep. point is, I read that it was at 370. That's, oh, I didn't go that's, that far. That's the smoke point. At least that's what Mommy Papadus, yeah. Yeah. Papamus said. She, she said you, your lard is probably your secret ingredient to most of those blue ribbon or purple ribbon pie crusts that you see oh, at yeah. the fairs, at the yeah. county fairs, the state fairs and stuff like that, that most pie crust or pastry Flaky, people, yep. yep, use lard because... They're flaky. Yep. Yeah. And I will tell you, um, I did not have lard for our pie crust at Thanksgiving. And so I used all butter. And Madison helped me. I made the crust and whatever, and she did all the pinching and everything. And we had this beautiful crust because I made um, single crust pies. I made a pecan pie and a pumpkin pie. Um, she had this beautiful pie crust. And so I pop it back in the refrigerator, you know, because she's primped it and done all her fun- fancy stuff before I put the filling in. And in the oven, it all just kind of sank. And that's because it's butter. Uh, butter. Yep. And, um, you know, and it, you never have a real flaky crust when you use all butter. And I know that because I've done all butter before, but I was just so disappointed because it's like, oh, I should, I wish I would have had some lard on hand Yeah, because that would have really, I think that would have helped, you know, keep the shape of what she had done. And she had done a really nice job and still looked okay. It just wasn't as pretty after it was baked. So hard to taste though. Oh, it tasted good. I can that better. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. But yeah, I would probably next time because now I have lard again. So for Christmas, it'll be different. But I was like, oh, it was, it just was, it was pretty. I'd be interesting. I want to, I want to take my mom's sugar cookie recipe and replace it, mm -hmm. the shortening with lard one to one, Mm -hmm. and see how that works. Yep. And then you know, you got to start somewhere. But that was the that was the holy grail of cookie recipes when we were kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, we didn't we didn't do a lot of Christmas baking cookie type stuff at our house. But we made sugar cookies. And they weren't always the, we didn't always roll them out and cut them. A lot of times we rolled them into balls and then put them on a cookie tray. And then you took a glass mm-hmm. that had a pattern or something on the bottom of it. And you dipped it in the sugar and then you smushed them down. Is that a term? Yep. You smushed them out. And, and so whatever pattern was on the glass, that was mm-hmm. on, that was your cookie. And then you yep. would sprinkle them maybe, maybe with sh- colored sugar, but not yep. very, a lot of times it was just plain white sugar cookie. Huh? We never did that. We, we, we rolled all our cookies. And then we put frosting on it. And then we put sprinkles. sprinkles on top of it. That's That was the Christmas cookie I grew up with. And, of course, my mom used shortening. We used butter on our table. Everything else was made with margarine. Oh, yeah. We were margarine. margarine was cheap. Oh, my goodness. It was cheap. You could buy, like, a pound for 25 cents or something. Yeah. You know, it was it was cheap and or three for a dollar or something like that. All of our cookies were made with margarine. Yep. We raised hogs when we were I was in junior high, so we would have lard around. Mm-hmm. But I remember mom buying butter mm-hmm. at the store in a big, um, you know, big one pound chub. Mm-hmm. And then, but then they had food coloring packets there right beside it that if you wanted yellow butter, you could put yellow food coloring in your butter to make it yellow. Oh, really? Yeah, I remember in the store they had it as a kid. I'm like going, that's really strange, but that was it. But yeah, we baked with Crisco. And, um, but then we did, if we had lard, we would bake with lard. I remember when butter flavored Crisco came out. Oh yeah. I remember oh, that. Yeah, that I was the eighties or nineties, yeah, wasn't it? Was it was eighties. I was still living at home. So we have to be in the eighties somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, I remember that. And then it was, it was in a, you could buy it in like a stick or whatever. So oh, it was yeah. almost like butter. So you yeah. could actually measure it out. It was easy went, to measure. Yep. It was, they made it really, really convenient for, 
for those home cooks who want to use that or whatever. And we, I mean, my mom used it in her household. And they did what the, they did the best that they could, and With the knowledge they had. Yep, and they used you know the, the campaign that was what was mm-hmm. was taught to them, and that's what you know you believe until mm-hmm. you learn difference. I so. mean, I remember being taught that butter and all that was bad in the early, in the eighties. You know, when I when I moved out, um, I remember t- living when I was living on my own that uh, we had a friend that was the county extension worked in the county extension, mm-hmm. and she did a class on I don't even remember what it was, but she talked about how butter bad butter was for you. Oh, how interesting. Yeah, that, you know, that yeah. the cholesterol and everything and it yeah. was bad. And so that's when I was like, oh, didn't know that. We, like I said, we always had real butter. We always had real butter on the table. But other than that, no. And I remember when Rich and I got married, he was like, no, I come from a dairy family. We will always have real butter in the house. Not that we didn't have margarine as well, but when it came to the table and putting it on bread and all that kind of stuff, it was always no, butter. I hate to say it when Bob and I met, um, it was margarine. Well, it was cheap. His mom, I can't see his mom using, but maybe she did use margarine, especially maybe after his his dad passed away when he was 16. And so maybe after her, his dad passed away, that's what she bought. Oh, I bet 10 years ago, we, I, I bought butter for me and I bought margarine for him and the kids. Okay. And the kids used whatever was out. But yeah, I'm like, I know we need a, I don't want to have butter. Yep. And see, I don't like, I don't, never liked the flavor of margarine anyway. So I would never put margarine on my that's, and it's acquired taste like a lot of mm-hmm. other things in mm-hmm. our life that, you, mm-hmm. you know, we but, shouldn't. Yeah, I, I never liked it. I mean, it was okay in cookies and stuff. I mean, my mom's cookies were just fine, whatever. But, yeah. but for to put it on, no, no, it had to be butter. Of course, we use butter exclusively in our house now. We don't. Oh, yeah, don't, we do I too. I don't, I haven't bought margarine in, in years. I've, it's probably been four or five years that I haven't bought margarine. I buy butter. All of a sudden he converted and I'm like, going, yes. <laughs> you're going to use lard or you're going to buy pig fat, just make sure you know where the conditions that pig was raised in. That would be my yep. biggest thing is make sure it's seen sunshine and happy days and all that type of stuff because you're not doing yourself any favors if you're buying lard at the store from a conventionally yeah. commercially raised hog that's been raised in a barn. It, it Yeah, because I know no I benefit. have, um, I've bought back in 2000, when it, when it was all the hog, you know, farmers could not get their hogs to market. There was no place to process them. Mm-hmm. If I did buy a hogs from a friend, a local friend that, you know, he has a confinement and mm-hmm. I bought from there. And yep. so it's like, I did what we did. They were an awesome price. Um, but And I bought lard from him because he had it. Uh-huh. But what was really funny is I bought it a bucket. And I learned on, I don't remember which side it was, that, but I had froze a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And I still have that some of that in the freezer, but um, the the stuff that I left in the bucket started molding, and oh. I found out why. Okay, it was not either cooked long enough to get all the water out of it, mm-hmm. or it wasn't strained well enough to get all the cracklings out of it. Okay, and so that left food particles or water in the lard, and that will make your lard mold or go mold. rancid and whatever. Yeah, go rancid faster. Mm-hmm. And actually, well, that was one thing I said. Uh, Red is that. Like you said, you just, you rendered it and put it in a glass jar and it said that it was shelf stable now. And so you should, you wouldn't have to can it, you know, with canning lids or anything, that it should be fine for up to a year. And so that, you know, I was always like, no, you need to keep that in the refrigerator because it'll go rancid. I mean, as long as you strained it really well and cooked it long enough to get all the water out, it should be shelf stable. It should be shelf stable. And if you wanted to go longer, if you put it in the freezer, it would be good for longer. And I thought that was interesting. Yes. Yes. It's, you know, you don't think about putting some of this stuff on, 
on the shelf. No, you no. Know? I would I would have found room in my extra. <laughs> I would either freeze it or uh-huh. I'd find extra room in my refrigerator. So stuff, so the stuff that did mold, I still have some of that in the freezer. You know, it's two years old and I'm still using it. But yeah, I'm glad I'd put it in the freezer. And I, I vacuum packed it and put it in the freezer. So yep. it'll last, I'm sure, another year or yep. so in there. Well, I actually saw a jar of lard I made when we were still living in the trailer house out here. So it would be prior to 2012. And that lard is still good in that jar. It's just in a peanut butter, a glass peanut butter jar, old old jar somebody yep. gave me with a lid on it. And yep, oh. looks exactly like it did the day I put it in there. And so you didn't like, open it or anything? Hmm? Oh, okay. Oh, so I don't have to use it at the moment. So I was like, oh, well, look at there. You could huh. have had it for pie. <laughs> yes, I could have. But I had discovered it when I was um, monkeying around in one, of my, in one of my closets or one of my pantries. And I was like, oh, look at there. Oh. I'm like, what is this? You know, and I'm like, yeah. oh gosh, that's lard. And I, I haven't done lard, you know, since we lived in the trailer house. So I know it has to be prior to 2012 oh. because we moved into this house in, two, in September of 2012. Oh, so wow. it does stay. Well, I haven't opened it yet. Maybe it stinks. I don't know, no, yeah. but it looked okay in the jar. That would be interesting. Yeah. Open that. I should, I should open it tonight. You should open, you should open it and see. <laughs> I should open it and see. Um, but I wouldn't get rid of it even whisk because... Back to the one oh, good okay. use that a Crisco has for you okay. as, as a homesteader, as somebody that a survival thing is oh. not to use it as food, but you That's take cool. and you put a wick in it, Yep. either like is a it, popsicle yep. stick or something like yep. that, put a wick in it and turn it into a candle. Yep. I have, I have read that. Is yep. that, that and is so, to... so I do have one of the tiny Crisco <laughs> jars in my house. And that's all it is, is it's for when the lights go out. That's the only uh-huh. reason I have candles in my house. Uh-huh. I don't burn candles for fragrance or anything. Mm-hmm. I only burn them when the power yeah, goes yeah, out and light. we need them. And so that's why I have it. Not that I have anything in it for a wick. <laughs> but, but you'll uh, make one. Won't I'll you make one when to? I, <laughs> last time it was at night when it was dark. So. <laughs> I should get that out and try it now. But yeah. anyway, so that's the only good thing that I, I know Crisco's <laughs> good for. At least you have a use for it, right? Yeah. And, okay, so well, I'll have to try to open it. You know, let's go back to my kitchen for a second. I forgot to talk about, I I made homemade summer sausage. Oh, that's right. Yes, I, I completely forgot about that. I was just thinking I have some. We I need, ma- to, keep, we need to write things yeah, down daily. Okay, what did we do? I, Journals. I, I, just, I was thinking, gosh, I have another bag because I started another batch and it's oh. it's still curing in my, or flavoring whatever. It's sitting in the refrigerator waiting for me to bake it. But that was a really simple recipe. Because it kind of looked, basically like a meatloaf had spices and stuff mm-hmm. and you shaped it like summer mm-hmm. sausage. I mean, it was good. Yeah. It we was, had some Saturday night when we were here. Right. And um, yeah, it turned out, I mean, it's it certainly doesn't taste like store-bought. And I didn't use a casing. You know, I, no. just, I just wrapped it. I, well, I did it three different ways. I did one without a wrap. I did one with tin foil, which I'm not real crazy about, about aluminum no. foil. And then I did the other one I did in um, parchment paper. Honestly, I don't know if any I, of them tasted any different than the others. The, um, the one... I started when we decided to eat them, when we tried them, I started with the one that hadn't been wrapped because I figured that was going to be the driest, driest one and yeah. we probably want to eat that one as First. soon as possible. And it maybe lasted two hours in my house. Um, <laughs> I had one slice and Rich ate the rest of the roll. <laughs> it was good, Rich. He got his protein for the day and the next. Yes. yes. And so, but it was a really simple recipe. I found it on all allrecipes.com and it was called Sandy's Summer Sausage. And it just had liquid smoke in it, mustard seed, um, Morton's 
tender quick, tender quick here and pepper. I think that was all that was in yeah. it. Yeah. And I think it took two pounds of meat and I made three logs out of it. So Rich ate, what, three quarters of a pound of beef that day. I don't know. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it was really easy. And, you know, it said you could add some things like paprika or whatever. But I just You could put almost any spices in there you yeah. wanted. You know, like garlic powder, onion powder. Oh, it did have garlic powder in okay. it. Okay. And then I read somewhere else that somebody was like, if you like it a little bit saltier, then don't use pow- garlic powder. Use garlic salt. Oh, yeah. Um, but I thought it was okay the way it was. Yeah, it tasted good. It was easy to make. I mean, I did I did leave it sit in the refrigerator and I put it in a Ziploc bag and then I um, kind of re-stirred it or whatever. Oh, okay. And I left, I, did do, I left it in there for three days. So you kind of let it marinate. Yeah, marinate kind of just to flavor it better because I had read in the comments, you know, they're like, well, this is what I did. And I thought, well, well why not leave it, you know, flavor yeah, a little bit longer. So it worked out really well. And like I said, I've got another batch going. This time I'm doing four pounds. So you can see it was a hit in my house. and um, <laughs> So is that third log gone already? Um, yes, I think so. I think Rich <laughs> ate that one too. <laughs> but it took, I cooked it for 90 minutes in the in the oven and then I took it out, let it cool and then put it in the cooked refrigerator. Cooked it at what? what temperature? It was either 350 or 325. I don't remember. Okay. For 90 minutes and then um, let it cool. I put it in a plastic bag. And then put it in a refrigerator and it needed to sit in there for 12 hours before you ate it. For your spices. Yep. And so that's that's how it turned out. Yeah, I will have to try that. Good. I'll try to make, try the cookie recipe. Or not the cookie. The cracker recipe. Uh-huh. There. Yes. And then we can have homemade Made sausage. sausage with your We'll have crackers. to buy store-bought cheese. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I do have the, the... Well, I have that one cheese that I did make. That that raw farm... Oh, that okay. hard, and I still have some of that. But I'm just not... I'm not... I'm, it tastes okay. But it's not a cheese that I would probably make again. Oh, okay. I probably would well, not make it. Well, our feta cheese should oh, be yes, done feta next week. Yeah, what did I tell you? We the 7th. The 7th. Okay. So All it's right. 30 days that needed to be yep. brined, right? That would Wednesday. be next week sometime. Yep. So next Wednesday. So yep. like maybe next week we'll get together. Yeah, and, maybe we can get together and see how that turned out. Because I, I opened my refrigerator. It's in my refrigerator and I open them like, oh, yeah, that's that cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and that's from Cultures for Health. That was a recipe we took off of. There's from their fresh yep. cheese kit. Kind of anxious to try that because you you are a feta cheese fan. I have yet to find yep. a feta cheese I like. We yeah. will see how maybe this I, turned maybe out. I get a whole brick of feta yeah. cheese. <laughs> <laughs> they had an awesome sale for Black Friday. Yes, oh. I saw that. And I did. I went in and bought the cultures that I use for my vegetables. Did I tell you I made kimchi? No. Or kind of a form of kimchi. I was okay. gifted a 12-pound head of cabbage. That's, that's a big a, one. That's a big cabbage. <laughs> yep. And my husband goes, can you make kimchi? And so after researching, it's like, um, yeah, but... Wrong season. Probably. Wrong cabbage. It's, oh, wrong cabbage. Oh, okay. oh, you make... Traditionally, it's made with a Napa cabbage. And this was just a regular okay. cabbage. Mm-hmm. But then I did... And I couldn't find a daikon radish. So I just used radishes. <laughs> and I winged it. And then I had two jars of kimchi that I'd bought from the store. Took those and threw them in the sauce that I uh-huh. made. I mean, uh-huh. I had fish sauce and Korean hot sauce and fermented them. And so they were, we tried those this week and those are good. If you like spicy cabbage, spicy sauerkraut. I'm like going, I read somewhere about putting it on a hamburger and I'm like, oh, that's an idea. Yeah. If you like spicy. If you like spicy. spicy. Yes. Yeah. Don't like spicy. I was just going to say, I just got Napa cabbage that came in um, our uh, real food bag. And I was like, yep. I was like, I was going to make, actually was going to make your sauerkraut recipe that oh. you shared with me. Um, I was like, oh, I wonder if this cabbage will work for this. But now you just have it. <laughs> it's 
say that it makes the, the kimchi. kimchi. But I, you can make regular sauerkraut yeah. with it. Yeah, I figured I, just that's what I would texture. do. That, that was my thing for tomorrow as I was hoping to make sauerkraut. Yeah, make sauerkraut. Then it would be so. done. And if you use, I don't know if you bought the cult- cultures. Yes, I did. So that's ready in like three, four days. Okay. Ready to go in your refrigerator and you can start eating it. You can eat it warm or I like it chilled. Yeah, I like it chilled too. So you could, I'd be ready to eat in five days. Okay, awesome. Yeah, that's what I yeah. that's what I like about it. Um, I had to use containers that didn't have a lid so because I have airlocks. And so I had mm-hmm. to do the old-fashioned way, you know, with put water in a Ziploc bag, put that Ziploc bag in a Ziploc <laughs> bag. And then that, that's my, that was my cover. Uh-huh. And then I use my weights because I have okay. weights, okay. pebbles, whatever they're called, to hold that down. But now it's like, so I pulled it out. We had it for lunch yesterday. So it, it worked, just seemed to work fine with yeah. just the regular radishes because the Dankin radishes, I get those quite often in that food bag I was yep. just talking about that um, we They're a little too. spice, but then these must be kind of spicy. I didn't eat one by himself to know, but you know, radishes are kind of spicy mm-hmm. by themselves. Yep. So that's what I figured. Okay, this is my Jamie's version. You know, they, yeah. they, as my husband said, <laughs> a lot of recipes morph and they become Jamie's. Yep, and yep. Like, yep. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. And so it's like, so this is, uh, it's not a Korean kimchi. Um, Western Min- Min- Central Minnesota <laughs> kimchi. There we go. Is that a thing now? Yeah, maybe. You'll start it's a like trend. You use it with what? I mean, they made kimchi with what they had. Right. And so I made kimchi with what, what I had. had. Yep. So it's just your you know, version. Instead of, instead of wait, letting that 12 pounds go to waste. Mm-hmm. And it must have been sitting around before it was gifted to me because it was, the outer leaves were starting to turn lighter okay. color and stuff. And I had to throw a few of the outer leaves mm-hmm. away. So mm-hmm. it's like, it needed to be used. It's a different variety. Yeah. And what? it's a vegetable and, that. And it's fermented. That's, yeah. that's the big thing, right? Yep. You know, is you got yeah. this fermented food that's so good for your gut. Yeah. Because actually my granddaughter is struggling with gut health, you know, constipation mm-hmm. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. She's three. You know, she, her mama said she's constipated again and she brought grandma to the rescue. Grandma to the rescue. Um, (laughs) I have kefir and um, our freeze dried fruit she Mm -hmm. loves. And Mm -hmm. so when she, I can get that in her and get some kefir in her and stuff like that. I have some, it's called breakfast pudding, but it's kefir, chia seeds, oatmeal, frozen fruit, and then like maple syrup. My husband calls it slime. But I like it. It's it's mm-hmm. a quick. Yep. Not that I eat breakfast in the morning. I usually eat it in the afternoon. But it's it's a nice snack. Well, it sounds like it would be really. And healthy. my husband, my son, you know, I used to feed it to my granddaughter when she was younger, and he's like, "What have you got her eating?" And I'm like, "Going, it's good for her." Grandma goulash. No. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, you know, and my my grandson has a cough, and my daughter's like, "Okay, what are you doing for a cough?" And I'm like, "Do this, 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 and this." It's like, yep. Yep. And I'm going to do the same thing because my granddaughter came with a yeah. cough yesterday. And so it's like, you know, <sighs> I made some honey, honey onions. You know, you put honey on some chopped up onions and then you give them the juice that, mm-hmm. you know, the liquid juice. Okay. It. So do you leave that sit for a certain amount of time? Um, I just did it until, I mean, this is TikTok. This is another thing I learned off TikTok is until it, you're supposed to, they drained it after a few while. So I'm just going to leave it set and ferment. Mm-hmm. Because I do the same thing with onion, or garlic mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's the, it's the liquid honey that's good. And so um, did my three-year-old granddaughter like this? No. But her cough is much more productive. Her sinuses are draining clear. There's no green goo or anything and stuff. And she's like perky up and around, running around. Mm-hmm. Whereas yesterday, all she did was sleep. Yeah. I and mean, she's her typical three-year-old, like jabbering away. And 
you know, grandma, 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 yeah, look, look. And so, she's, she's feeling, definitely feeling yeah, better. Yeah, she's feeling better. And so, yeah. you know, so grandma's. Garlic is so good for you. Garlic and, and garlic onions. Garlic and onions. And we're in flu season now. Yeah. And so I turned, learned on TikTok too, is that you cut onions up and leave them around the room. And so I did. Yep, I've heard of that. So I got onions. So if you came in my house, my house probably smells like <laughs> onions right now. But it's like with what's going around for the little kids with respiratory issues and stuff like that, I thought I'm going to nail it and hit it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Heavy. I know RSV is going around. Yep. I've seen a few posts about that. Yeah, it's so. it's big in schools right now mm-hmm. and stuff. So I was just like, no. And she's in daycare. And so it's like, so I kept her home. Cool. My husband, or not my husband, my son goes, why, do you think she can go to daycare? And I go, no, she can just stay here. And she's having every day of grandma force feeding this <laughs> stuff to her. She's not happy with it, but, you know, we yep. have to coerce her to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. to to take it it's yeah. like medicine she goes no no medicine but mm-hmm. she feels better once it's in her yeah well that's good because um, actually bob when i was telling when i was we were getting her to take this at lunchtime just before i came out here he goes my dad used to eat an onion sandwich every time he felt like he was getting sick and i'm oh. like i'm like going, okay, oh, okay. I, I could see the benefits of yep. that I mean, I do the same thing with raw garlic. If I feel something coming on, I will eat raw garlic. If I smell garlic, you know why. <laughs> uh oh, she must be thinking she's getting sick. Like, like, or, or there's somebody around me that's really sick yeah, and I don't yeah. want to get it. I'll do that too. If there's somebody around me sick and like, yeah, mm-hmm. bring them on over. Mm-hmm. I'll start. Give me some garlic <laughs> I'll, too. I'll get them treated. <laughs> I'll treat them and then I'll start eating Dr. garlic. Jamie. <laughs> start eating garlic so that I don't get it. Other thing, I just thought of this just now Jill Winger of the Prairie oh, Homestead yes. released her um, Prairie Planners back from the printer. So you can go to her website. Yes, you can go to her website and order it. Two thirds of them are already sold. Oh, when do it, it quickly. Came out. So if you're interested in it, Jamie has hers right in front For, of her. Yep. She actually has the, um, she actually did the download. Yes. And um, she's, so printed she's it out. Yep, printed it out and she's got a binder and she's got it all fancy here. <laughs> stuff that we've yep and i am waiting for mine mine's coming from from jill i have oh, okay. ordered and so i'll have the smaller version because yep, you po- yep i'll have the pocketbook size you altered the version yeah to i make printed it. it at our business and yep. so it came out full size yep so you know, you've got a, yep, a tablet yeah a basically tablet which is just it works good because it lives gives you more room to write yes it does and she i, I tell you Jamie uses it because it is here in front of me. I can see she's got all kinds of notes on it. Yep. And actually, I I took her project page and turned it into to gals homestanding. So that's where I'm writing my notes for for this. I need to I need to turn my journal. Actually, I was saying that we need to write down what we're doing almost daily. So that's like, what have you been doing? I'm like, I don't know. What have I been doing? (laughs) It's like, it's like Rich and I were talking earlier. It's like you study for a test, and as soon as you answer that question, it's like I don't remember. I answered the question. It's done. It's out of my mind. I don't need to know it anymore. So yeah. So if you're looking for a really decent planner, go go visit Jill over there at the Prairie Homestead. And, I love um, the looks of the outside of it. Yep. She's old fashioned on purpose yep. and um, she's got this beautiful planner and she's got everything covered. Now, I think she's even got livestock st- section in there yes, somewhere. There's, that a, you, there's a gardening section. There's a kitchen inventory section, butchering. Butchering. Oh, she even has conversions, you know, like kitchen substitutes, conversions, you know, conversions and, and mores. What, 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 what's a gallon? You know, a gallon is for... You know, how many quarts, how many yep. pints and stuff in that and uh-huh. teaspoons. So. Yeah, so she, yeah, so she's she's covered a lot and um, it's a very thorough, well thought out Oh, a menu. Book. She has places to write menu ideas down too. Oh. Yeah, menu ideas, entrees. 
Nice. So I, to write down the recipes that, because I've done, it's like, I cook. What do I cook? What do we want to eat? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have no ideas. I have no idea what to do. Yeah, I was well, I was just talking with Kelsey and she's like, she's like, have you made tortillas? And I'm like, well, I have in the past. I haven't made tortillas for a really, really long time. But I said, I'm pretty sure Jamie's made them. I've made and, them in the past yep, too. Yeah, and, and I said I think she uses her discard from from her from her sourdough. I, I want said, to, but yep. oh, I've done that one time. Yep, but um, but it was like it's a time factor. Yeah, and well, anyway, she, I'm like, oh goodness, she's like, because we're gonna have we're gonna have fajitas because I made bone broth from the beef shanks that I did a few days ago or whatever, and so now I'm gonna utilize all that. And I'm like, gee whiz, girl. <laughs> I want to be like you when I grow up. She's like, yeah. well, what can I say? I'm a planner. She's yeah. so she would probably really benefit. Yeah, she'd from really this like book. this. Yeah, I'm yeah. kind of a wing it. I have a. I do. She has a brain dump page. Okay. And I was using I, the first month I used it because I added on because it's just January through December of next year, 2023. Uh-huh. Um, but since I had the digital form, um, I added two months. Mm-hmm. So I have November and December that I added in, and so but I use the dump brain dump page you know to get everything out of my head and then i um at first but then i turned into the weekly i don't do a whole lot of where i need to plan out what you know her weekly thing that becomes my weekly to-do list the brain dump has become big projects oh okay ideas okay these are things that we need to get done around the house around the farm at the business then the weekly you know six to whatever time slot things also this is what i need to do today (laughs) Well, that's a, that's a good way to keep yourself organized, though. You see, you're much more organized than I am. Oh, I don't know about that. I yeah. am, I, I'm really good at making lists, but I'm not really good. At always. <laughs> it's like I'll look back. I was like, oh, I did. And sometimes even just writing it down, mm-hmm. it's out of my head, and I know I could go look. Mm-hmm. But I, I may not go back and look at that list, but it's it must be a thing where it's like I've written it down, so I kind of – it happens somehow. Okay. I, I do seem to get more things done. And then mm-hmm. even if I, because I'll have those days that, you know, we all have those days. It's like, oh, I don't feel like doing anything, especially if it gets really cold, it gets below zero. All I want to do is come home from our business, sit down in a chair, give me a hot cup of tea and a blanket and a TV remote. <laughs> and I'm there. I'm there in the, in the recliner, like just snuggling and yep. stuff. And it's like, and I don't get hardly anything done. And then then there are nights it's like I'm working until 10 o'clock at night and then it's like, okay, let's go to bed. <laughs> I'm well, not well organized. Well, I told Kelsey, I said, well, you're really, you know, you, she's like, well, I'm a planner. And I said, well, this is why I have an Instapot because at four o'clock I'm like, mm, uh, what are yeah. we having for supper? And I'm like, well, I can always throw something frozen in the Instapot yep. and it'll be done by the time we're done with chores. Yeah. You know, so that's why I have an Instapot. I absolutely love my Instapot for that. And yeah, that's happened last night. I was like, oh, we don't have anything. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to make a venison roast. This this is my evening yesterday or my <laughs> late afternoon. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, I go and I get the venison roast. Never made red venison roast in the Instapot. So I'm like looking on, you know, on the internet trying to find information. And I found this, I don't even remember what her name was, but she's uh, the Huntress something. The Orange Huntress or something was her name. And she was making um, venison. And she's like, well, I've already taken the silver lining off of this before I froze it. And she had it. It was vacuum sealed. Hmm. In pla- in, and she, she's like, and it's frozen yet. And she's like, but because I know I crook it frozen, I always make sure I take that silver lining off. And I look at my roast and I'm like, it's, I've got a frozen a, loft ro- roast with the lining. A- I'm like, oh, okay, fine. So I wrap that back up, throw it back in the freezer, go down, grab another roast out of the freezer, a beef roast this time. Because I figured the other roast from the deer has probably got the same, same thing. thing so yeah. I'll, I'll get something familiar. So I bring that up here, unwrap that, 
realize it's too big for my Instapot. <laughs> Let's try this again. <laughs> so I go back down and I find another another roast. That one was only like two pounds and so I fit perfectly in your Instapot. <laughs> I'm like, come on, people. I already have the squash and the potatoes and the carrots already in the oven ready to go. I just need just need a piece of meat. I was like, I might end up with a chicken but pretty soon here. But yes, I finally got it and um the roast was really was really quite small. It was we didn't even have any leftovers from it, but normally I do, but this was a really small roast because I knew it had to fit in the Instapot. I've done the same thing. It's like <laughs> Yep. Well, actually, this week it was like, I oh, I I kind of try to go through my ref- refrigerator, you know, weekly, biweekly, and be like, oh, that's a science project that we don't need anymore. Yep. yep. And I was like, kind of did that. Sun- garbage is garbage is Sunday night at our house, you know, because they pick it up Monday morning, like eight thirty in the morning. Uh-huh. So you can't even get up in the morning <laughs> to do it. You got to do it before. I was like, oh, there is a mess of leftovers in here. Monday or Tuesday, I didn't even cook. It was like, I, I wrote, actually, I took a dry erase and wrote on the outside mm-hmm. of my refrigerator what was inside of it, thinking uh-huh. maybe somebody would eat some of it. Uh-huh. But we cooked it. I mean, I didn't have to plan lunches those two days because mm-hmm. I were- pulled out of the refrigerator and it's like, it's like either use it or th- waste it and throw it away. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I think we're done. We've been rambling yeah, for a while. we've been rambling for probably two hours. I don't know. <laughs> but Anyway, so once again, we'd like to thank PicoSupply.com for sponsoring our podcast. Make sure you check us out at TwoGalsHomesteading.com. We're also on Facebook, Two Gals Homesteading, and we're on TikTok. TikTok. We have a video. We have a video up on TikTok. Okay. And Instagram. Instagram. You're in charge of that. We do more over there. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Homestead Podcast's latest episode. Your hosts, Carol Radke and Jamie Kappis, are Two Gals Homesteading. To learn more, go to twogalshomesteading.com or the Two Gals Homesteading Facebook page at facebook.com slash twogalshomesteading. Editing, audio production, and marketing of the Homestead Podcast is the responsibility of Media Trendsex. The Homestead Podcast is an audio product of Media Trendsex, a limited liability company, based in Minnesota, USA. We'd like to give a special thank you to PicoSupply.com for sponsoring our podcast. So until next time. Put some keeper on it. <laughs> <laughs>